Hey guys, what's going on? This is Arden from AST and Forside. It is December 28th. The weather here in New York, Westchester County, where I'm at, is brick. I swear to God, it is so brick that it is ridiculous. But um, yeah, new interview on the way that I'm presenting to you, like I just said, on behalf of AST and Forside that I did with my guy David Zion. Sorry if I screwed up your last name again, Jesus Christ. But um, this interview was incredible. David and I met up last Friday, you know, in Westchester to do this interview. This interview is about 50 minutes or so. And we had a great conversation about basketball, but it wasn't just the normal conversation about basketball. David is somebody who's just been doing incredible things with this game that's taking care of the youth, that's taking care of really anybody, regardless of their background. And I don't want to spoil it, but if you listen to this interview, along with read the article that I wrote about this interview, you would definitely be like, dang, this this was very dope. This is very inspiring, uplifting, and definitely give David a, you know, a, a look, a look through, because he deserves that. And again, salute to him. I hope we continue building and being cool and, and definitely maintain what we have because I think we could definitely do some more things, man, regardless if it's with basketball or anything else. But yeah, that's the interview um, that's coming up with David Zion. Um, update, because this is actually the purpose of me recording this. The biggest reason for me recording this part before the interview is because of the fact that we recorded this at a Barnes & Nobles. We didn't record this at co-creative space where Wills and I have been recording four sides, so there's a lot of noise in the background. At times, his voice or mine may be drowned out. So just want to give you that heads up and let you know, because you know if there's anything, your boy cares about you. But yeah, enjoy the interview. This is Arden signing off in this brick weather in Westchester County, New York, Forside. And that's just that. I, I, I. Down a little bit to bring me in. Let's go. Uh. All right, all right. Turn me up a little bit more in the headphones. MTA. Yeah. I got him like, he ain't leave college for this. One, two. Impact the scholars with this. A scholarship can never exist. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Arden here from AST and on behalf of the Foresight Podcast. Hope all is well with you. By the time you've been hearing this, it'll be right before New Year's Eve. So hopefully your holiday season has been a good one, been very productive and whatnot. I have a special guest here with us today. We have David Zenon here with us. Is that close enough? Did I get someone close? All right, all right. I almost got it, man. That's good. So David, you know, he is an up-and-coming, but at the same time well-known basketball trainer slash basketball mind really not only just in the Westchester area but just really throughout really just the city and also throughout the nation he does a lot of great stuff in terms of his mentorship in terms of his training with players he has a great project known as the Seeds Project and David and I we've been talking for at least a year in terms of connecting we know a couple of mutual people and we had the chance to meet for the first time at Dick's Nationals. Yes, Dick's Nationals at Christ the King, salute to Christ the King High School. And since then I've been able to follow his moves along the way and he's always productive. He's always somewhere. That's for certain. 
He's always somewhere. Very much. And he's always with somebody that you know. <laughs> so, David, how's everything, man? Everything's going great, man. Everything's going great. It's pretty cool to be here. Hey, man, for real. I'm very happy to have you on. And you're just somebody who, from right away, from when I first got notice of you, I was like, oh, this guy's productive. And I just like productive people, you know, because folks like you, regardless of, like, where you are in terms of friendships or connections, folks like you, like, honestly inspiring me on the low because i see how productive you guys are you're trying to push not only your life forward but you're trying to push the culture forward in the various ways that you do it so i see you guys like you whether it's through your status or anything and i just go i gotta keep going and 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 that's not for real i'm just being completely honest with you and for what you've been able to do man just to you know really get into it it's like the people know again how you been able to get associated with the game of basketball and some of the things you're involved with these days? I, you know, once I graduated college, uh, I was a practice player at Liberty University and, you know, watching the game, being a big fan of the game, growing up, playing AAU, high school ball, like, you, you're surrounded by a lot of great players. And then once you get to pick the minds of coaches, whether it's clinics or just, you know, different walks of life, because everybody knows everybody else in this basketball world. It's mm-hmm. a really small world. Yeah. Um, I thought that it would be great to, you know, try my skills and try to do anything with player development, specifically just because I like teaching the game um, from a fundamental standpoint the correct way. Yeah. You know, there's no smoke and mirrors in anything that you know, I do or the guys that I associate myself with. So yeah. uh, that's pretty much how I got involved with that, you know, just a lot of networking. Yeah, and we live in a time today, too, where whether it's your sports or anything else, networking and communication is key. Yeah. And through your own hard work and taking advantage of opportunities, you've been able to connect with the likes of, I'm just going off the top here, for example, you've been able to connect with the likes of, of a James Harden or Serge Ibaka or the Pumley Brothers, and along with many, many more. Mm-hmm. In those initial meetings, is there like a surreal moment for you to like when you meet these guys? Because again, you watch these guys at first, unless you had the rare experience of like, man, I was able to play against this dude or meet this dude before. A lot of the times it's like I was watching you on TV and now here we are for whatever the reason may be. I think one of the things that helped me was definitely playing Yeah. Uh, in the city. So being like, you know, down in West Forth or Rucker Park or anything like that, you get to see these guys. And then like the surreal moment is when like you're actually playing against them mm-hmm. or with them. And my first ever time playing at West Fourth, I got to play with uh, Smush Parker. Nice, okay. So, uh, you know, former I'm LA Laker. Former uh-huh. LA Laker. And, you know, West Fourth is his park. Yeah. And, like, so I'm playing with this guy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I'm playing with the point guard for the Lakers. Like, yeah. this is kind of crazy. And then, like, the more and more people you meet, you just want to associate yourself with those, you know, coaches or the yeah. players themselves. You know, being I worked at Basketball City. That was another thing. Yeah, you know, man. Had, I still got to get there, man. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Facility. I was supposed to go when Under Armour had their event there, man. I, I, I wasn't able to go. Definitely, I'll, I'll introduce you to some people. It's pretty cool down there. But it's, but it's cool to be at those camps and you know see how these players interact with them. And, yep. You know, so Smush and then another guy that helped me, uh, Joe Kim Noah. Yes. You know, 
rest in peace to his mentor, uh, Tyrone Green, who was a great man um, for the New York City basketball scene. Yeah. Um, really good dude. Mm-hmm. So being around Joe and Smush, you know, back, I mean, this was like 2010, you know. Yeah, I'm so like, this is going back. This yeah. is going back. So I'm, I'm sitting there like, you know, these guys are in the league. They're established, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to be nervous because they... They're normal people like us. They yeah, plus you're there for a reason. Exactly. Plus you're there for a reason. And, and it's not about me. It's about the kids at that point. Yeah. So once you get used to that, you know, type of situation, the rest is the rest is easy. But yeah, it, it, it's cool though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, meeting James Harden. Yeah. And working, you know, being alongside him and uh, Serge Ibaka. And yeah. Plumleys and. Porzingis and these yeah, guys. Yeah, that, really cool. that connection you had with Chris Tabs, that was that was a dope connection. Because it's like you guys put a lot of work in and in a sense, like I'm not trying to all be over the top with it, but you was able to help along the way with this development to where this dude well, is straight is, up this unicorn. Uh, Chris Chris Tabs is that's his that's his brother. Yeah. That's not me. That's okay. Chris and I I but still though, he still helped. Like you know what I mean. Like, oh yeah, he, he no, still helped. I, I don't. Salute to his brother. I've seen his brother in person, <laughs> by the way. I, I know the. I know they're serious and they handle their business and they definitely run a tight operation. But it's still dope to think about it. All the stuff he does in the off season, he's back home in Latvia. Yeah. And Giannis and Martin, who are great guys. And yeah. It's a funny story how I got associated with them. But they, um, you know, Chris. I think I've helped them work out like once and did. Yeah. Like. And this is when I was working on Maurice and Door. Mm-hmm. And it, it just happened where um, Maurice, his agent, asked me to work him out. And we're in the Knicks facility. And Billy Hernan Gomez, shout mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lands the first. This is rookie year. He lands first day from Spain. He wants to go to the facility work out. Mm-hmm. So obviously him and Chris are tight. So it was Chris, Willie, Maurice. Mm-hmm. All just, you know, hey, let's get some shots up. Yeah. But being... Um, in Giannis's ear and Martin's having the relationship we have, they're friends. It's not even a matter of me wanting to train Chris or anything like that. It's just Chris is my boy. Yeah. But being around, you know, and that's how I got introduced to Surge. Mm-hmm. You know, similar agencies and all this other stuff. So you just you just want to go out there and just be as honest and as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. And like, look, this isn't about a business move. It's just hey. It's the game. We play pickup. Let's have fun. Because people can pick up on somebody that has genuine intentions. Yeah. And I think that helps along the way during those initial meetings, along with, with, again, recognizing that these people at times could appear bigger than life, but they're normal people. Like, I remember, like, one of my earliest, earliest interactions with really anybody famous, but I guess, like, a famous athlete. I remember this was, like, seven years ago. And this was when Amari Stoudemire arrived mm-hmm. with the Knicks. And this is like my senior year in high school. Came home from White Plains High. I dropped off a job application at Anthony Cole's Pizza. I'm walking down this street, walking down Main Street, and I see Amari walking down. Yeah. And in that moment, I remember literally just going, what's oh up? And then God. I walked by him. Yeah. And it was I freaked out after. <laughs> but it was just those things where... There's like a realization with them where if they realize right away, like, yo, like this person's not like bucking now and they're not gonna bother me, that I think they appreciate that a lot. That's what it's all about, man. Especially yeah. if you're able to see them like later on. Because even then, like a couple years ago, I had the chance, 
I was on my way back from the Legends Classic. This is when Ben Simmons was at LSU. So I'm on my way back from the Legends Classic. I'm on like the four or five train from Barclays back to Grand Central. And I kid you not, I'm sitting right across from Stu Jackson. So I remember I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him like, you look familiar. I'm like, I know I've seen you. And then we had a talk for like 15 minutes about the, like, the league and the gather step. I kid you not talking about like the gather step and why you guys do stuff. And ever since then, I've seen him like three more times at Big East related events. He always remembers me and shows love. Yeah, that's cool. Man. So, so it's those things that are just like very dope, and it shows like why well, you just gotta keep your cool, man. Yeah, just, just keep your cool and, just and relax. Be honest. Like just, you know, just be honest about whatever you're doing. You know, when I, as I said, like Chris, when he got drafted to the Knicks, uh, I was working with the Westchester Knicks at the time. Yep, I had a good relationship with Langston Galloway and. Um, obviously, like salute to those guys, man. Salute those guys. I'm really, really proud about Langston. You know, they gave me my first games to cover. So salute to really? Katie and all those guys. Yep, they gave me my first games awesome. to cover That's ever awesome. in anything. They're good people over there, man. They're good, they're really good people. Um, but yeah, so you know, Chris gets drafted and he puts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My brothers are trying to play pickup in White Plains mm-hmm. or in the local area. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. And I hit up his brother on Twitter and, and also Chris, and I'm like, hey. Here's my number, and you could ask Langston about me, and let's just you know see what happens. And not thinking much of it, and then you know, he hits me back, and he's like, "Hey, like, where, where are you gonna play pickup?" And I tell him, "Like, you know, let's go to the Greenberg Community Center." Mm-hmm. Shout out to Theodore Young. Yeah, <laughs> all three of them just show up, mm-hmm. and like Chris comes straight from the photo shoot, mm-hmm. and he's over here shooting like 25 footers, and I'm like, "Yeah, this this kid's gonna be special." Yeah, so, this kid's gonna be special. He's gonna be special, man. What made you get into the game? What were some of your earliest memories? Um, a lot of rec ball. I grew up playing Dad's Club in Greenberg. And, mm-hmm. um, to be honest with you, I fell in love with the game when I was about 12, 13 years old. Okay. I love, everybody grew up liking, excuse me, loving Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was a Michael Jordan fan, but I was a Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Dude. It's kind of weird, right? That is extremely weird. I was one of those kids. Like, I, yeah. I can't stand those kids now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a Cavs fan, but you love Steph Curry. Yeah, like, I like, yeah, like I just, those, anyway. Yeah, I <laughs> So then uh, around 12, 13 years old, I wanted, I became more competitive. I'm like, Dad, like, I want to play some ball. Like, I want to do this, that, and the other thing. You know, what are we going to do? My dad grew up in the city playing with Rod Strick and Chris Mullen. Yeah. You know, he grew dad, up doing that classic era. Yeah, like, he's good friends with Rod and... City legends. City legends, yeah. Some cats that averaged like 40 and 50, but unfortunately couldn't make the league or college. It, but he played with a lot of city a few, legends. There's a few stories I've heard from other guys that just... Yeah. You really sit back and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. like, these guys are that good. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll, I'll parlay that into this, but that's, you know what? I'm going to take you down to Rucker Park. And um, <laughs> so I'm like 13 years old. So I'm, you know, I'm from Westchester, you know, just shooting around, like whatever. And this guy's like, yo, you know, let's play, let's play one-on-one. And I don't know who this guy is. He's just some random bum off the street. Literally, like, he got, you know, Tim's on. Yeah. He's shredded jorts. Oh, I already he's know he's nice. shorts. Yeah. And a, an open button to mm-hmm. his shirt. So I'm like, oh, okay, like. Yeah, I'm looking at my dad like, yo, you know this dude? My dad's like, I don't know. It's just, dudes just want to play ball. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And when I tell you this guy kicked my butt, mm-hmm. he's like one of the best players I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Years later, I found out like he, he was legit homeless. Mm-hmm. And he just would want to play ball. And like, yeah. But I'm saying to myself, 
that's like a lot of that's love right there like mm-hmm. that's something where this dude barring the circumstances he's under he just wants to go out he and just play wants to play some random 13 year old he's over here just yeah wants to play so I that actually helped my game like not my game but my love for the game because here I am thinking I'm good and meanwhile like I like the game no this guy loves the game but mm-hmm. this guy doesn't have a house a roof over not his head. a dime to his name not a dime to his name and my man's like yo I want to play with this random 13 year old mm-hmm. never met him in my life those are low key the scariest people to play <laughs> cause I, I for real cause I, I grew up Yonkers on the south side mm-hmm. so like playing in a playground has always been my thing so there's like one part one part in particular in Martin Luther King Park mm-hmm. and any time you had a random dude step on the court he was always the nicest one always always the nicest one because like you could just tell like you could just tell like he was like a hooper like he could have did some things at, on, at the college level at least but life just went left so those dudes I always remember them like it it all deadly. So yeah. as soon as you describe it, I'm like, oh, I already know he's nice. Oh yeah, he he, he could jump. I mean, I'm, no exaggeration. Like when you're younger, you you know you blow things out of proportion. But I'm I'm not exaggerating. Like I hit him with a pump fake, and this guy jumped. I mean, he has boots on. Yeah. I'm like this guy for looking to block the shot, and I'm like, wow, he got a good mid range jumper, handle. Mm-hmm. And we were done playing, and it was, it was like legit, like out of a movie, because mm-hmm. we're done playing. And he kicks my butt and he tells me, you know, you can work on this, this, and this. Like, work on your left. Like, like you know, use the back. Like, he's just teaching me lessons, right? Yeah. So I walk over to my dad and I'm like, you know, I hand him the ball. I come back, turn around. Yo, my man's gone. It was crazy. Like, I've never, to, no exaggeration to this day. It was like the coolest experience that I've ever had. But, you know, even like West Forth, I've, I've had pickup games there where we picked a random guy off the street. And, you know, this one guy, he said, you know, I've been playing all day. And you could tell he, he used a lot of drugs, unfortunately. And he had the sweetest mid-range jump shot I've ever seen. We play, we would play games up until, like, 21. And he'd have easily, like, 14, 15 hours. Yeah. Just, just crazy stuff. Crazy. Crazy. It was really cool. But, um, yeah, I, I love the game because of that. And just watching ball, man, like, you know, competitive side mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. As I said, Jordan was my fave, and then you, you move on to like Vince and like mm-hmm. you know other players that they're just so electric and they're, they, they're entertaining. Yeah, Allen Iverson, oh, Orlando yeah, T Mac. Hated AI for a little bit. For what? Why? I, I hated AI for a little bit because I was you know on that Vince wave. Yeah. And oh, and AI stopped and Vince. They beat Vince. Oh one, yeah. Oh one playoffs. Yep. yep, yep. And I'll never. It was a tough. It was a tough week for me not to get too deep into anything. My, you know, my <laughs> game five. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this game in the hospital. Yeah, because my grandmother's sick. Oh wow! And you know, it's not like I can do much. I'm, you know, I'm 15 years old at the time, and my dad's like, you know what, chill out in the waiting room. And I watched the entire game. And you know, unfortunately, she passed away later that week. But you know, I'm sitting there like, you know, come on, Vince, like, come on. Yeah. You know, but. You're young. Yeah. Don't know any better. Mm-hmm. But you grow and you see how, how important he was to the league. Yeah. From a culture standpoint. Mm-hmm. Just the game as a whole. Both players. It's uh, That's why I was very happy that Vince in Toronto was able to mend fences. 
Yeah. Like, that was a beautiful scene to see Toronto give him standing O. You know, salute to two of my favorites, Drake and LeBron, for collaborating on the Carter effect. I can't wait to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't oh, wait yeah. to see that. Because those were special times in early 2000, man. I mean, for me, I was like eight, nine years old seeing that. And Jordan, of course, was like the first figure I saw in basketball. But again, they would grow up in a time where Kobe Afro, Kobe with the Afro, with the bicep pad, mm-hmm. AI, Vince, Orlando, T-Mac, you know. But that that time for me was even more special because that was when I was really into playing street ball. So, 0102, I got oh, one volume three. I remember vividly getting that, how I got it, getting a slice of pizza with my dad, going home, watching it. Actually played the ball in your shirt, punch yep, it around your hip. The sauce two K. I played in the N one overrun two years in a row. Really? I was the man in my neighborhood when I got back. <laughs> Seriously, South Youngest, when dudes found out I was playing that, I had mad kids go in my head for that. I was lucky enough to get Escalade. Yeah. Uh, they had a game at Madison Square Garden with my brother, um, my dad and one of my good friends went to go see the game. And after, you know, they have this open court in mm-hmm. the back and they have yep. an open run. Mm-hmm. And Escalade's like, you know, he goes over to my brother, he signs a basketball. Yeah, at me. it was like, in the parking lot. Come on, yep, the park, yeah. Yeah, right, right by the, the, the media bait, yep. Like, yeah, let's go, let's play some ball. And I'm like, now? He's like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> played some ball, so cool to see that, yeah. like, that spark. I played in the open run twice. My, my best friend, Andrew, the first year we went, it was 05. And that summer was crazy because that was the first summer N one didn't have hot sauce on the roster, uh, and we used to follow N one heavy. Yeah, so right. that was a huge deal. It was like sauce not there, and him versus like another guy like King Handles and True Life, who was like a hot sauce impersonator, Ao enough. So we went. So I'm like Andrew, you know we about to play in this open run, right? We were like 12 years old at the time. Like we used to park every day and play, do these tricks. Andrew punks out last second. So I'm like, are you really going to make me play this by myself? And I came <laughs> back the next year and played. And it was just, it was you crazy know. times to do you that. Know. For real. It was crazy times to do all of that. And just to fast forward now, clearly, I think you have school ball. And I guess street ball still has a relevance today through the organized leagues, right? So we in New yeah. York, so you got Dykeman, you got Rucker, you got Kingdom, you got a lot of that. But the AAU scene is I guess popping more than ever because you have all of these big leagues all of these big tournaments and and it leads to a lot of discussion on the impact it could really have good or bad and as somebody that's really up close in that regard because you've been able to work with a lot of players whether it's for training or mentorships Mm -hmm. do you really do you see more of the positives when it comes to AAU and these leagues like Dykeman, compared to the negative, some may want to attach to it. Um, it, that's a tricky subject. AAU is such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I grew up playing AAU where you got the best you know, 10 to 12 guys mm-hmm. in your area, per se. Um, you know, Westchester Hawks, Metro Hawks, Gauchos, you know, whatever. Talk about throwback, man. Throw throwback. So, yeah. Westchester Hawks was, that's like, up for me, popping 08, 2010. Oh, yeah, if you were on the Westchester Hawks and, like, Westchester. You was legit. Yeah, yeah, you was, was good. Oh, you played for the Hawks? Like, oh, yeah, you legit. Yeah, you, you, 
Yeah, they, they had a solid, we had solid squads. But um, now it's like they fly kids in. They got, you know, a lot of Yeah, that's cheap. It's great. Well, I mean, these kids all know each other because social media makes it so much easier. And then these shoes, the shoe companies, you know, now it's going to die down, obviously, because of the investigation. But these shoe companies are over here giving them free this, free that, you know, EYBL, we can fly you here, we can do this. Yeah. And there's so much hype around that AAU circuit where back when mm-hmm. I was playing, you know, you really had rivalry games in high school. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, these coaches recruited you based off of the tape, not, you know, it's easily expendable here. You know, you got AAU, you got this and that and the other thing. And to answer your question about the street ball side of things, mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of respect for it. You know, shout out to my guy, Joe, Joe and Randy Cruz, Hoops in the Sun. Yeah, salute to, my, salute to the Cruz brothers, man. Yes, yeah. they're awesome, man. They're, those are my guys. Um, they only allow one team per group. Where, you know, if you have an AAU team, if you have a high school, that, that's it, just one. You can't come in here with, you know, one squad and then your B team, like, and I think that really... A lot of tournaments be doing that these a days. A lot of tournaments do do that. And they allow you to enter like four or five teams, and it's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and sometimes it's a money grab, and... Oh, it is. You no, know, I, don't, I don't mention... I have a lot of respect for, as I said, Dykeman. Ken Stevens is another friend of mine. Randy, you know, Randy Cruz, and, you know, I was coaching at Pro City. Yeah. But when you see the difference between that, and that's what I think is missing, we have to filter that and mm-hmm. say, you have one squad in here, and you take your best group of kids that roster can't change you see how much the game is going to change in the coaching aspect of it it really does because it's yeah i'm not gonna say no names but over the last couple years whenever i've been able to coach au i've been able to do a league and i've been able to do tournaments i've always found it ridiculous that if i'm in a bracket it's like come on this is a fifth grade bracket Mm -hmm. why you got three teams in here my guy not I got I got kid. one yeah. I got one squad. You got three. This other group got three. It's supposed to be eight of us, yo. Yeah. yeah. So we got to play you guys multiple times. Like, come on, man. It's wild to me how parents will tell you. And your B team's not really B. Like, come on, you guys yet. be doing the mix-ups or you move the kid from couple kids from A to B. I know how it is, man. I work rosters too. I went to a tournament. I coach when I coach say you. A you for. One and a half years because <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, but I coached at you, and I'm never. And it's also time demanding too. Exactly. And Those I, weekends. I didn't want to hear from parents whose kids were. You know, you're in sixth grade, seventh grade, and you're worried about colleges already. Listen, the game changes so much more when mm-hmm. you reach a certain age, and then also like, I don't want to deal with. Then when I coached the high school group, seventeen U. You know, my well, my son's a lead guard. He has to do this. Your son's not doing this, that, and the other thing. I've been around enough basketball where I can tell you, your son's not playing in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Your son's not playing in the ACC. It's it's just not gonna fly. And there's nothing wrong with playing D three. I worked it's at N- I worked at NYU for a while, and those kids can ball. Yeah. There's a lot of kids in that that. Uh, nothing wrong with taking a prep year. No. Or even doing JUCO. Those dudes are nice. They're good. And they mess around and still find themselves on the top level of college. And All at the end the of the day, it always makes me wonder, like, you want your kid to get this, that, and the other thing because of the free ride, and then you want to see them play possibly pro ball. Once again, it's a money thing, and I get it. Money makes the world go round. But the kid fell in love with the game first, even before that whole concept of let's try to get them a free ride and try to do the same yeah. thing. 
you know, it just, you just, it opens up your eyes a lot of stuff. It's ego too. Yeah. It's also ego, and it's like sad to see because I, I, I be seeing it from dealing with teams and families where it's like young elementary. It's like, yeah. look, and these kids get burnt out. Yeah, and you see it. Some kids just want to tune up. It's their like, do you? And- yeah, do you really want to do what's right for your kid? Like, look, I want to play everybody. I think that's dope. Pop taught me that. I want to do the 10, 12 minute rotation like Pop. No. But if your kid is really a 12, 13 minute player, That's don't be is. forcing me to try to play him 25. No, it's not. This is not that type of league where it's like we got to play everybody the same. It's it's just not happening. I'm going to play everybody, but we're also trying to win. Nope. It's, it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way. And like, you know, I can't stress it enough where... You know, right before he passed away, um, Greg Marius ran Rucker Park. You know, he put me, I was honored to put on the EBC Outreach Alliance. And what that was, you know, getting back to, like, the mentoring thing is, you know, we put together free events and, like, we want to do basketball clinics. Everything's free for the, the kids in the home. And when you see the type of hunger those kids have compared to a lot of the other kids that you deal with in AAUCs around here or other spots, it just makes you, you know, it, it resonates with you, and you have to say, okay, this is why you do what you do for the game. So, yeah, I think AU is just a tricky thing, man, because it could open up so many doors, and the power of social media is real, and all that other stuff. And you have this, you have mixtapes from AU now. Yeah, it's just wild. Like, yeah, there's no sense of, you know, high school games that matter. Yeah, so. that is true. That is true. I mean, I just started seeing, and I guess it's really by, you know, by really no choice for, like, a lot of these, like, YouTube channels, all this life and all that, they got to do the whole high school mixtapes again. But even then, they make it like a mixtape. It's like a highlight reel, mm-hmm. you know? Because the thing is, too, you also starting to see that if you go beyond the mixtapes, a lot of high school sections and leagues throughout the country are mostly irrelevant. Yeah. And they don't really highlight that. It's just this one kid who could do all this crazy stuff in his five-minute clip. Yep. But when you do your research, you could barely find anything about the team. You could Sometimes you could barely find out anything about this kid. You go and watch this highlight, you think, oh, snap, this kid must nice. be top 100. Like, yep. this kid must be. And you look up, you go, I don't see nothing about you. When you actually watch them play in person, and that's another thing I do, like, you know, I want to see kids that I mentor or work out play. Outside of just the stuff that you do on a court, you can shoot, you know, until your arm falls off. Well, do you know how to read angles? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do off the ball? Like, defensively, what do you... Like, that's a lot of stuff that trainers don't want to focus on. Yeah. And they don't look at it in terms of this kid is eventually going to play big-time college basketball. He needs to learn X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And... That's just one of those things that I, I, I want to harp on the most. Do you look at, you know, the le- current landscape of trainers and all of this stuff, and are you really bothered by what you see sometimes, or is it more so you focused on more on what you do because you know what you're doing in your heart's right and you know your intentions? Oh, man. Because um, it's getting bigger and bigger, man. It's yeah, getting bigger and bigger. Everybody's a trainer now. It's like... You know, I look at certain guys who train players and they do things where they focus on details and it's yeah. like a respect thing where 
the detail involved is like really there. So, example like Chris Brickley. Yeah, Chris. Um, he's phenomenal. Um, Drew Hamlin's really good. Um, and I, one of my friends from Liberty University, Johnny Stephine, mm-hmm. aka Dribble Too Much, aka yeah. Wow, Handle you know? That's my man. That's my man. I ain't gonna front, bro. Your, your album hard, man. I got a few tracks on the album. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> one and done. Johnny, Johnny's <laughs> one and my done. guy. Johnny that's actually, Johnny, when he came to Liberty, it's funny. When Johnny came to Liberty, we had this place called the LaHaye Center, mm-hmm. you know, where you guys can play pickup. And um, this guy is a lefty, quick, just I know. Has it's handle. Unfair, he's, yo. He's, he's really good. Yeah, it's really unfair. So I'm like, man, this kid is this kid is a problem. Like, I'm a junior. I'm a junior. No, excuse me. I'm a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman. And I'm like, man, this guy is this guy's the truth. And you know, he ended up transferring from Liberty, and he went to uh, Oklahoma City U. Mm-hmm. And he just niched out something for himself. You know, he had that one opportunity, Gilbert Arenas, you mm-hmm. know, really put him on to other guys, and he's blown up now. He's he's famous, you know, and I'm, I'm very proud of him, you know. So Johnny's one of those guys that... So anyway, the, the, the dudes that I mentioned, you know, there are others, you know, there's, there's a couple of guys that I, I rock with personally that I respect what they do. And then there's this other half of guys that you see on Instagram where, you know... I, I don't want to take away from anything, but these you know shout out to Ross Burns too, mm-hmm. another phenomenal trainer. Um, but NBA players, we're not over here using tennis balls and like throwing it high in the air while dribbling. And like that's more of a youth thing. You want to work on your hand-eye coordination and whatnot. And I get that. And if that's your lane where you want to develop the kids. You know, do that, but don't sell people you're an NBA trainer when you're doing this. Because I'll tell you one thing, that they might have one or two videos on their Instagram, and then that's it. They don't have a rapport with players around the league that are going to say, you know, oh, this guy's the guy to go to. I feel comfortable doing that. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, players will see you to do that because they're professionals. This is what they do. And I've never seen an NBA game where guys are going to consistently use you know smoke and mirrors I like to say mm-hmm. so it just doesn't work like that yeah and it's I, I guess too it's that their intentions with training these players then you hear about the prices and oh it's nuts yeah it's, it's nuts. just absolutely absurd $125 a session for, it's crazy I, I there was a guy that's local I'm not mentioning names because there's a few trainers that are local and um, in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, like, over here saying 125 session, you know, I'll give you a discount if you want to do this, that, and the other thing. And uh, for me, because, as I said, I do things for C, EBC, you know, the... You know, outreach alliance like I do a lot of stuff where kids don't have to pay I don't want to have ever have a kid say I would I didn't reach my potential because I couldn't afford to work out with this trainer and like I've done a lot of things as you see personally yeah. and Instagram wise yeah where I tell kids listen just come yeah you can come to the MBPA I got Mason Plumley working out today and I've done that a couple times throughout the summer mm-hmm. I have the Plumley brothers come i don't want anything just mm-hmm. whatever you take from this yeah. use it. 
Mm-hmm. And you have my phone. You can text me. That's what it's about. Because mm-hmm. you make you can make money other directions yeah. or other avenues. There's always gonna be the shot to make money. Mm-hmm. Money not. But going don't nowhere. do it all for the back of kids. Yeah. Unless you know, like, for a fact that that group of kids could a either afford it or b like are trying to go that route where they say I want to do this consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, plus, even then you don't charge on it. Yeah, plus, know. it's also whack to do that because, like, you're only thinking short term, man. You just want the quick grab. Like, exactly. even families who could afford it, like, that's not going to fly. You want to try to build something that's substantial, you know, and that even those who got money appreciate a, you know, a, a oh, great no, no, value yeah, yeah. for it, oh, you yeah, know? For sure. But, I mean, I used to I used to train quite a bit, but I stopped personally, not even for the sake of the money. It was just more about. I found myself running into more people, and it's like, all right, what's the purpose of what we're doing? Exactly. And yeah. I hated that. And I hated. I'm like, look, man, unless we have a purpose and a timeline, then I don't really want to train. That's why I just focused. That's why I went back to this coaching teams and classes because I know the timeline and I know the pur- purpose. I hated having to reach out and see what we're doing. And it's like, it's like, yo, you making me feel money hungry. Like, you make me feel like I'm bugging you. Like, yeah, I'm not I, bugging you. Let me clarify when I say like. I know, I'm just, like, throwing it out there for me. Like, yeah, my personal experience, yeah. Kid is affluent, and he could afford it. His family could afford it. It doesn't get to a point where I'm like, okay, well, that's my main resource of income. Yeah. Um, That's not the case. Mm -hmm. I think when I say that, it's just, like, certain kids could say, Coach, you know, I have... I have the, the funds to work out for a certain amount of time. Okay, that's great, but <coughs> basketball is much more than a couple months, and then, okay, I'm really good. Yeah. You know, I don't need it anymore. No, like, I have these players that play college ball. Mm-hmm. I think one of them ever wanted to pay me, like, or ever did pay me, because I'm telling the rest of them, bro, I don't want, I don't want anything. I don't want it because you're gonna get you have a full ride now to an amazing university that is gonna give you a degree that can take you so much further than what this game could do. Mm-hmm. So who am I to tell you, all right, that'll be forty five bucks for tonight? It's not. It's just not. It's not worth it. So it's, it's much more deeper than basketball when it gets to that type of level. And these other guys that charge a lot of money. You know, I get it. Everybody has bills to pay, mouths to feed, whatever. But by the same token, more and more people could respect and want to do business with you if you're manageable. Mm-hmm. That's that's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. And you also got to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the nature of the beast. Absolutely. Tell me more about the Seeds Project, man, because that was pretty dope. I was happy to donate yeah, over the summer. For, thank you so much yeah, for doing man, that. Yeah, that, that man, so, that was light. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. definitely willing to do that. Shout out to my guy over here for helping out with that. Um, nah, Seed was... Um, Seed is an amazing program. It's now NBA. It's uh, NBA affiliated now. Mm. So NBA Academy. Basketball got borders. Thank you. It's really, really exciting to be a part of it. But, um... So, the, you know, the thing that you help donate to helps us bring kids over to Senegal to the United States. That's right. Man's is international. Place. <laughs> Man's is international. Place them in. Uh, really good schools, really good, um, you know, families here. And we just want them to, to get the best of both worlds. Because, yeah. you know, SEED is not just a basketball program. It's, it's actually 
trying to enrich the, the lives of these kids. Mm-hmm. We just so happen to use the sport. Yeah. Um, so we bring the kids, you know, there are kids that are brought over from Senegal um, in groups at a time, and, you know, they're placed in these schools, and we, we want them to understand, like, you know, this is what you could do outside of the game. Mm-hmm. However, if you're that good and you end up being a Division One basketball player, you, you, you know, that's icing on the cake. You yep. Know, getting a free ride. And you're learning the ins and outs of whatever business you want to get into. That's right. You know, the lifestyle that you want. And um, so I've been a part of Seed for the last three years. Nice. I'm on the professional board, um, board of directors. And uh, Noah Levine, executive director, great friend of mine. And if you want to talk about a funny story, mm-hmm. small world. Yeah. I got introduced to Noah through my mom because my mom used to do Zumba. Ah, okay. So now that's mother, good. Yeah, it's funny. So his mother's talking about basketball and doing all sort of stuff. My mom's like, "Oh, my son trains NBA players. Mm-hmm. Who's your son, David Zena? Oh, who's your son, Noah Levine?" So my mom, we both at the same time they're texting one another. Mm-hmm. I know that guy. He mm-hmm. runs seat. Oh, I know that guy. He's at the player association. So mm-hmm. it's out. That. It was really cool. Really, really cool how that worked out. But yeah, seed is great. We have um, twelve kids that are currently. You know, stateside, whether it's college and high clutch. school. That's clutch. Um, you know, the event that we threw last year, mm-hmm. we had two events, Rooftop Vibes, which is a, a great networking tool. Mm-hmm. You know, get to eat, get to hang out. Um, shout out to Bruno Mars for donating a bunch of stuff for that. Nice. That was really That's clutch. Awesome. It was really clutch. Um, so that, that element where you could say, tell the kids, like, look, you know, you could be a part of something special, but it doesn't have to just be basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, we took them to IMG. We have this yep. thing called Seed Week where I get to coach the, the, the all-star team that we have. That we yeah, I saw that too. For I, I remember seeing that, yeah. Really cool. Mm-hmm. So I coach the squad, but we have them here for the entire week. Mm-hmm. They get to live in New York City. Mm-hmm. We take them to uh, IMG um, agencies and you know, WME, which is thank you to them too. Big shout out to them. Um, obviously, Nike's a part of on board and NBA, and we just we just want to show these kids this is what you can get from you know working hard, academics first, then basketball. It all falls into place. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky enough to have Leon Rose, super agent, nice. come by, yep. Joel yeah, and B. Yeah, yep. Phenomenal. And the kids lost their minds because here's a guy. Trust the process. The process. <laughs> so, and he's. He's a great guy. Joel's a great guy. I've never got to work with him mm-hmm. outside of C, but he, every time we ever see each other, it's always love. He's mm-hmm. a really good dude. So the kids like, you know, love having that time to spend with him. So it's great. That's dope, man, for real. And like I, like I told you in the beginning of this interview, it's I see a lot of the things that you've been doing, and I'm happy because it's like, again, more productivity, more genuine intentions. And it just reminds me, hey, I need to keep going. Because at the end of the day, it's truly bigger than the things that bring us together. So in this case, basketball, sports in general, it's like it's much bigger than that. And that's why it's just just a reward for being real. When you're real and you just truly have that perspective for what things could be, Mm -hmm. it's not a surprise when, like, things happen. No, it's not. You just, as I said, everything happens for a reason. It's a domino effect. And I've been blessed to meet the people that I have and be surrounded by the people that I am, you know, just because of the fact that I offer 
services for free. Whether not not all the time, but just like manageable, you know, you know manageable, flexible. something that you know. Hey, and my first ever real, um, I guess my first ever real dip into training big time mm-hmm. ball players. I mean, we're talking like Euroleague guys, mm-hmm. and that's how you know. There's a point in my life where 2013 was uh, a very tough year for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, definitely, definitely a tough year. Mm-hmm. Fell off pretty hard, and I had to rebuild myself up from a physical, spiritual, emotional, mental standpoint. Mm-hmm. So having guys like you know Tony Taylor, local legend, Stepanak legend, you know him saying like. You know, yeah, like, I'll work out with you. And it's just, you know, we're just boys that just want to work out. And then videos that we posted get the attention of other guys who may know. And then, you know, his agent knows somebody else. And then this guy and this guy and just built up to what I have now where I'm just grateful for that. And, you know, if it wasn't for people like, as I said, Tony, Maurice, you know, those guys, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am now. Hey man, it is a story of hard work. You continue to build yourself up. You continue to progress, and honestly, it's like, what more can you ask for? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not. It's really, it's it's surreal talking about it now mm-hmm. because I've never really talked about it with anybody else. Like nobody's really asked me about the plight. I guess you could say, yeah, because it's not. It hasn't been easy. Like there mm-hmm. have been times where you know I'm. You know, struggling, or I was struggling, and you know, I was lucky enough to be at. You know, I feel weird name dropping like a lot, but last week, last week, um, I got to go down to Vice Mm -hmm. to see uh, Jesus Amaro. Jesus Amaro, my guys, Mm -hmm. and the producer, really cool dude. His name's Eric. Shout out to Eric. He asked me, you know, what's what's your story? Because he's always inquisitive. And I was just telling him, like, you know, what I'm doing now and, like, what, you know, the players that I work with and, like, what, you know, these guys love to see on TV in terms of culture-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, so what was your – it was a really interesting question he asked. He's like, what's your lowest point? Or what was the turning point in your career? And I'll make this really brief. Mm-hmm. A kid who I trained um, hit me up randomly and said, hey, I want to work out with you. I never met this kid in my life. Um, he was based out of the northern Westchester area. I have legit five dollars to my name, mm-hmm. and that's going to gas. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, ha- I really did meet. Mm-hmm. I need the five dollars for gas. I had a Toyota Corolla at the time, which was great mm-hmm. on gas. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so I put the last five dollars I have, so I could work this kid out because I need to make money. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that this young man had a lot of connections elsewhere mm-hmm. through his family and other friends. And he, his family was nice enough to open up their doors to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got affiliated with sports agencies and money management and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, you just never know. Because if, yeah. I, if I called this, you know, I emailed this kid back and said, oh, hey, man, man, can't make it. I got to work somebody else out or lied or said something that I didn't want to do just because I was scared about using that five dollars you just never know just never know it's crazy that is a dope story man it was wild man I legit was like 
475 exactly in my pocket. And I'll never forget it because I'm scratching. And I had 475 and I found a quarter. I had this the old Toyota Corolla and you lift up the little compartment and I'm, I'm just scraping and I found a quarter and I remember it was like five bucks and something resonated with me with the five. I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to make this work. Like, you know how it is. Yeah. So I'm just like sitting here like, you know, this is what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's the, always that moment of you thinking about you like, man. Do I really want to do this? Because I'm, yeah. I'm running on fumes right now. I'm yeah. right above me. Mm-hmm. And then no you just gas, have that. Gas at the time. And then you just have that effort moment, like, <laughs> but I gotta do it. Like I gotta do I it. I had to. Yeah. You know, but I did it, and I'm grateful because yeah, now things are where they are, and mm-hmm. I'm so I'm very blessed. And yours truly got you to tell that story, my man. Ah, yes. told you, man. I knew this was going to be dope. I Thank knew it, so man. Much, like man. nothing from you is happening by accident. Nah, nothing. It's honestly all. not the it's case. Just, man. Nothing at all, man. You know, it's five. I, you know, eventually, if I'm able to do something where I could help influence kids and help change their lives in a positive manner, mm-hmm. that's like the priority of my life. But yeah. down the road, obviously, like you know, everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to do big things. But that story is something where I try to tell every single kid I've ever worked with. Yo, look, you may think this is it because I have this. You know, at my fingertips. Good. That's the only thing I got. Mm-hmm. The five bucks. But it could lead to something else. And you just being genuine and open and transparent mm-hmm. leads to other stuff. And you know, as you mentioned mm-hmm. the names earlier, like you know, Serge Ibaka and the Plumley brothers and these other guys that it's just like if I get a text from Mason, you know, and I have and he's like, you know, I'm not doing this any other thing and I got minutes now and I'm doing this, like, you know, so I wanna see film. You better believe. I'm watching that film because yeah. I want to help my friend. It's not a client anymore. It's a friend. Your friend. Yeah, it's your brother. My so, oh man, yes. go shoot. That's yes, right, <laughs> David. Thank you for once again coming on, of course, man. joining us on ASC and behalf of Forest Podcast. For real, man. Continue doing what you've been doing, man. And let's definitely continue building and dope, talking man. some more. Appreciate you having me, man. Bro. Absolutely, man. I really had to. Good. Happy that you enjoyed yourself. You know. And folks, that is the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some insight and some gems from here and there. Hope you got the recognition of what being real and genuine can do. Hope you was reminded that AI and Vince did have a classic rivalry back in the day. Yes, they did. And one volume three was a game changer. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later on. Enjoy your holiday season. Ah ah ah.